If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make, under two minutes, well, luckily for you, Factor is available where you have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie. And you can enjoy over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to help you make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? You can get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking up for something fast that's upscale option done very easily. It's flexible on your schedule where you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep necessary. They're 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup necessary. Head to factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and use code sellingwithlove50 to get 50% off. That's code sellingwithlove50 at factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. Is the sales adequate or sustainable to bring in cash? If yes, then we can go to the profit level and say, are we retaining enough cash for stability? Then if yes, then we move up to order. Is the business running efficiently? But the second there's financial instability, we can't focus on order. We have to cycle back down to profit and say, are we sustainable with retaining cash? Or are we not even generating enough cash and we revert back to sales? So just like Maslow's hierarchy, this is a cycle. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hey everybody, before we start the episode, I have an important announcement to make. We are going to start a new feature on the show, an AMA at the end, where you'll get a chance to interact with me and I get to answer any question you have. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. And so if you have any questions around your workplace, things that you want around productivity, managing your team, scaling the organization, or about me or Mindvalley, go ahead and email me the question on jason at mindvalley.com. I look forward to hearing all of your questions and we'll get a chance to interact at the end of future podcast episodes. Now let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Campbell, and welcome to another episode of Superhumans at Work. Now, the guest that I have today, Mike Michalowicz, is a serial entrepreneur. Now, get this. This man created more than three multi-million dollar companies and launched them before his 35th birthday. And he still runs two major companies right now, Profit First Professionals and Prevendus Group. And get this, he's written several books such as Clockwork, Profit First, Surge, The Pumpkin Plan, and The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, which this last one has become a cult favorite for some entrepreneurs. And he's always coming up with these great ideas that allows you to be more efficient, regardless of the industry that you're in, how to operate the business better, which is why I'm super excited to actually speak about his latest book coming out soon or probably out by the time this is released called Fix This Next. Now, the idea here is about what should you be prioritizing in the company? Should you be actually allocating time to fix what's broken? And what responsibility do you have as an employee to be aware of what's to be fixed? And how do you actually prioritize that with your everyday work? Is it even worth looking into? We're definitely going to dig into this with Mike Michalowicz. Mike, thank you so much for being here. 
Jason, thanks for coordinating this. I know the timing was difficult between where we are, but this is awesome. So thank you. And it's not a problem. I mean, I actually am a morning person and this is what I love doing. And the fact is we're talking here about fix this next. And, you know, you've created all these businesses and there's an interesting part of your story where you actually found yourself losing some of the businesses and kind of going into angel investing and having to start all over again. And I kind of wanted to start with that. Like, what was the journey of you having to lose things and come back running? And what did you do differently now? Yeah. And that's that part, you know, I conveniently leave off my CV. After selling a couple companies, I thought I was God's gift to entrepreneurship. I started a third company or fourth company as an angel investor. My goal was to start all these different businesses, to have quick exits. And I was chock full of two dangerous things, arrogance, which is extremely dangerous, and ignorance, which is extremely dangerous. And coupled together, I was just a train wreck. It took me two years. I lost all my wealth. Everything I made building my companies, gone. And I had to start over. It was tough. I had to face my family. We lost our house. We lost our possessions. And I didn't lose my family. But I did have to start over again and figure out what was I going to do. And I started by being an author. I'm a full-time author now. But I'm an investor. I'm a shareholder in small businesses. So I own, you mentioned some companies, Profits, Professionals, Preventus. I'm in an augmented reality company now. One great thing that being an author has given me is, A, to rectify all my wrongs, to figure out how business really operates to simplify it so I get better at it, but also it's given me exposure to many other businesses for me to get involved with. Mm, it's beautiful. And I love this idea that your latest book being around Fix This Next. And it sounds like even through the failures that you've had, you've really looked at yourself here and you really came back running and you still were able to recreate new businesses. So even with all the loss, you still were able to bounce back. And I wanted to maybe kick off there, which is what is it that allows you to be someone that bounces back and was able to recreate the same wealth, to be an author, to write? Is it because you constantly looked at the lessons from the failures? Like what happened here? Yeah. Yeah. So to realize that our loss is our lesson, it, it ain't easy. I, listen, Jason, I never want to go back and say, oh, you know, please let me lose everything again, God. I really want to be miserable, a miserable F again. But I'll tell you, reflecting back on those moments, there comes clarity is there is so much that I don't know. There's so much I need to learn. And there's so many more ways to simplify the process. So I started to investigate and I've used my past businesses as a history to learn from. And my new businesses, I'm constantly experimenting, trying things on a smaller level to see what works and what doesn't work. It was these all in bets that were stupid. of just saying, you know what? Well, since it worked for this one client, I'm just gonna go all in on this. Well, you know, things change. Technology innovates constantly. So it's adjusting to the parameters around us that was important and I was ignoring that. So I'm more cognizant of it, but I also realize, and I think it's a good position to be in, I could mess up again big time. And being cautious and not arrogant and cocky, I think is a much better way to move a business forward than just thinking you've got it all right. Mm, I love that. That's a key message right there. So just kind of being a learner continuously in the process. And now as you're moving into this new book, which I'm super excited about, Fix This Next, you know, when I think about having to fix problems in the business, regardless if I'm looking at it from being the owner of the business or if I'm looking at my department or maybe just my daily workload, it feels sometimes that I'm overwhelmed already. And when you think of a concept like fix this next, it's almost like, oh my God, I don't even want to look at what I need to fix. I can barely get by with what's already happening. There's so many different things that are broken, yet it kind of still fits together. So what's the big idea here and what should we be looking at differently? 
So the big idea is that there is a common DNA for all business. And just like there's a common DNA for all humanity, on the outside, we have different skin color, different size, different gender. But the essential essence of humanity is identical. And therefore, when it comes to if we have a problem with our body, if you need heart surgery, pretty much all hearts are the same. The approach is the same. Well, our businesses, the skin may be different, but the essence of a business is the same. Well, this DNA, I call it the business hierarchy of needs. There's a certain structure in all business. And if you know what the hierarchy is, you can then pinpoint what you need to fix next in your business. Here's an example. The hierarchy of needs is as follows. The foundational element of all business is sales because sales is the creation of cash. But the next level up above that is profitability or profit, which is the creation of sustainability. And it's interesting, even at this level, many business owners get confused. The business isn't sustainable. It doesn't have enough cash within the business. And we think we need to sell our way out of it. So we revert to a base level thing of sales when actually we need to elevate to a higher level of bringing about sustainability. Next level up is order, which is the creation of efficiency in the business, making the business run on automatic. The ultimate asset test is if the business does not need the business owner to operate, we have a business that can run itself. Next level up is called impact. Impact is where you realize you're not selling a transaction, you're selling a transformation. These are businesses that realize that the product is not about the product, it's about the impact that product has. And the highest level is called legacy, it's the creation of permanence, it's where we realize as a business owner, we were never a founder of the business as much as a steward of the business. Our job now is to give this business life and for it to live on into perpetuity in our absence. Mike, this is one of the most original, amazing ideas I've come across <laughs> in a Thanks, long brother. time. No, I'm serious. You just said this. I'm like, oh my God, is it by chance or non-coincidental that I'm thinking this is the business's level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we want personally? You nailed it. Well, I'll even go deeper because, you know, we're Mind Valley, so we're going to embrace every aspect. It's also even, you could think, the chakra system for the business. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is amazing. Yes. And so, wow, I've never broken it down this way. And it makes so much sense because, you know, this whole idea of like, oh, my God, I want to make an impact in the world. Well, if I can't make payroll this month, it's very hard to think about. Gosh, you, you grasped this so quickly. So this is based upon Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And just like human needs, when a base level need is not being satisfied, we revert to it. The base level of Maslow is physiological needs, air, water, food. If we're self-actualizing, that's his highest level, talking intellectually, and all of a sudden I start choking on my hamburger meal, I will revert automatically to the base level need. The problem with business is, while there's a hierarchy of needs, we're not wired into it. Like the business doesn't start choking, we feel it. But we think we can trust our gut. We can't trust our gut alone. We must measure the data within our business that's indicating where the problem is and then revert to addressing that need. It's always at the base though. So when we have a problem with the business, we have to look and say, is this, is the sales adequate or sustainable to bring in cash? If yes, then we can go to the profit level and say, are we retaining enough cash for stability? Then, if yes, then we move up to order. Is the business running efficiently? But the second there's financial instability, we can't focus on order. We have to cycle back down to profit and say, are we sustainable with retaining cash? Or are we not even generating enough cash and we revert back to sales? So just like Maslow's hierarchy, this is a cycle. We don't aspire up all the time. We are cycling back down to enhance the foundation. Wow, I really love this. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm looking at this from an employee perspective, like I'm not the entrepreneur, maybe I'm, I'm working my division. It's almost like I'm trying to get output 
I would almost imagine like if I'm responsible for a certain business unit that there's certain KPIs I need to meet or there's certain like objectives I need to have done. If I'm at the base level, is this the part where you're just like, ah, you're just scrambling around, you're just trying to get it done, you're not documenting the processes and it's kind of just, you're going through the chaos, but at least you're trying to ship the product. Is that kind of the equivalent if I wasn't playing with cash? Yeah, that's the equivalent, but that's also dangerous, right? So if you're just in that stage of just trying to move and ship that product because my division needs it, but you don't have, for example, the efficiency in place, you're gonna be stuck there forever. So that's actually an indicator you have an efficiency problem. We gotta move up the level and start focusing on how do we make this repeatable where there's not demanding panic and urgency to satisfy it. So it's interesting thing is that many businesses Divisional leaders, employees, leaders, owners revert to the base and saying sales is always the solution. And that's not true. That's not true. Sales actually translates to organizational stress. The more we sell, the more stress we put on the organization because you have to deliver on that promise of selling, which means the team, the leaders, the employees, the owner now takes on that stress. So the more sales results in more stress. What we need to do is actually address the entire hierarchical chart. And yes, sales are critical. We need that. That's the creation of cash. But it won't be sustainable if we don't have profitability, efficiency, impact, and ultimately legacy. Wow. Okay. So I want to dig into this more because all of this seems like we are kind of hardwired as humans. And I mean, the organization is a reflection of us as humans. So it sounds like fear is what drags us back to the lowest vibrations here. And so like, let's start with the bottom level here. If I'm in a situation where like, wow, I just have a boss that keeps making me work overtime and I need to deliver. And it just seems like I'm in this never ending cycle, or we seem to always need to have more sales. It seems like never enough to just make the payroll. Like how do I translate from that chaos lowest level, which again, we know is essential, but what is the step back that allows me to go, okay, I need to step to profitability because I think this one is one that could eliminate a lot of stress, anxiety, and panic for a lot of people within organizations. So there's two levers. And like, it seems like you have been written this book. Like You know fear pulls you down. Another alternative to the word is fear is ego in the negative sense of ego, where ego is comparison, right? That division has more sales. You need more sales. That's a very comparative or egocentric fear-based mentality. Purpose, on the other side, is the elevator up. What's the change, the service we're trying to be of? So the technique is real simple. You can just tear a page out of Fix This Next, the book, and plop it down on your boss's desk and say, let's look at the hierarchy. What is the impact and legacy we're trying to achieve here as an organization through what we're doing? Once I understand that, then let's go down the chart and figure out, are we even selling to the right community? Are we selling the right way? Do we have profitability that's gonna allow us to sustain this momentum to achieve this legacy? So you actually reverse engineer it. You start at the top, you reverse engineer your way to get there, and the conversation becomes much more about this process to get to that legacy as opposed to we just need more sales and panicking around that. So if I understand this correctly, you have the idea of being clear on the purpose is actually what gives fuel to get people to raise up in the needs. If you don't have that, then you're just going to be stuck and being dragged by the ego continuously. Is that how I see it? Exactly. It. And I'll tell you, we took this further. The nice thing about being an author that owns businesses, we guinea pig it at our own offices. And so our purpose as an organization is to eradicate business poverty. The struggle of businesses of living at, we got to sell, sell more, and the businesses are draining people's times and lives. So what we do is with clarity and purpose, we took the next step and we met with every employee. Now we're small, we have 12 employees, but you can meet with everyone in your division and say, what's your personal purpose? What are you trying to achieve? Because then when we align the business's purpose and also serving our individual colleagues' purposes, now that becomes highly motivational. 
One of our team members here, Jenna, her purpose is to have a position where she has flexibility to be home, but also she wanted to get her first home. Well, guess what's happened last week? We celebrated here. She got her first home. And it wasn't because the business purchased it for her. We just stayed in alignment with, we got to give her the flexibility to shop for a home. We have to give her an income that can support that. And it manifested. But it would never happen unless we understood not just the corporate purpose, but the individual purposes within. Mm. And I love this because I've seen this where it's there's a shift where companies, as much as they want employees to invest in their vision, mission, purpose, the company also needs to invest in the individual employees' vision, mission, and purposes and allow them. And now it becomes a two-way street. And so if I'm a team leader, what I'm taking away from this is really that I should be having these conversations with my employees to make sure I have an idea of what their goals, ambitions, and purposes are. And at the same time, I should be making sure that if we want to grow the impact or the legacy even of our division, then it's almost to take a break and have a timeout and go like, hey, what is our purpose? And when that is clear, you can actually have everyone beating the same drum and kind of leveling away from the ego side. That's exactly it. You know, traditional corporations and small businesses alike set out the one goal we have, which is the goal of the leader but it's not the goal of the individuals. So it's not that compelling. I came in my own office and you could do this for a division two. I said, we're gonna do $10 million of revenue this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, well, who cares, Mike? If we do that, you get the new house or the new car. What about us? Once I understood everyone's individual purpose and also their intentions, what they wanted for their lives, now I'm aligning the business or a division, you can do the same thing around that, satisfy and serve your colleagues and the best part is when you serve your colleagues as an organization, they become of the greatest service to the clients, the end boss, in fact. Mm, I love this. So how I understand this from the conversation so far, which has just been astounding. I love this, by the way, and I'm pretty sure you can tell. I see that one of the first things to fix is ensuring that everybody is aware and knows what the end goal being, the purpose being set. End in mind. Once I've gotten clear on that, and I would assume that this is not something you need to under communicate. It's something you need to over communicate. That's right. What would be like if let's say I'm still in this overtime mode, I'm a little exhausted, but now I've actually taken a step back. <sighs> All right, we've taken the time to identify what the purpose is, and now we have something that we look more forward to strive for. What are some of the next things that I need to look at to get me closer to the ways where I actually have profit, I have order, and I have impact? Yeah. So once you have the purpose in place, you do, to your point, need to start beating the drum. It's an over-communication thing. So you just got to keep on saying, this is why we're doing, this is why we're doing it. Now it becomes the evaluation. So you look at sales and say, are we selling, for example, to the right people? What I found is in every level, there's five core competencies and, and it'd be too long to go into all of them. But in sales, for example, we talk about, are we attracting the right people? We actually call the ACDC. So attracting the right people, are we converting the right customers? Not all customers are built the same and not all revenue is the same. Some customers are not a good fit. So that's AC, the next D stands for deliver. Are we delivering on our promises? Delivering on our promises is part of the sales process. A sale's not done until both sides complete their agreement. The next C is collect. Are we collecting on the promise of our customer? Well, that's the ACDC. There's another thing called lifestyle congruence. Are these sales incongruent with the lifestyle that we want to serve for our individual employees and for ourselves? All those elements are in the sales level. We have to check them off and say, are we satisfying these or not? If not, then we have to say, we need to fix this. If all those elements are satisfied, then we look at the profit level. Are we managing debt well? Are we amplifying profit margins to bring about sustainability? And to your point, if your business wants to have impact, the only way to do that is by being profitable, having sales and having efficiency. It's sad, I've seen so many businesses go in with this great mission 
and they don't take care of the fundamentals and the business collapses upon itself. So even though you start at the end in mind, you must get the fundamentals nailed down. Wow. Mike, this makes so much sense. And I'm sure everybody listening to this is thinking, I need to pause this, take notes. And <laughs> I would even recommend everyone to just pick up the book, Fix This Next. I know for me, this is something I'm definitely picking up because these ideas resonate so much. They make sense. They make so much sense because I'm not going to be like, hey, maybe we need to refine you know, my vision statement on the website and make sure that I have beautiful branding around that. If all I have is customers that are completely draining my cash accounts and that aren't paying their bills, like this is really where you need to fix the fundamentals. And I think it becomes clear when you put it within this model. And so now when I started this session and I was saying like, Mike, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. You've kind of given us the blueprint of like, hey, take a breath. And these are the first steps, which is amazing. Yeah. Take a breath. Here's the first step. And just work on the one thing. So you are going to have issues at all levels at all times. But the question is, what's the one biggest bottleneck right now? So this gives us pause. And yes, there's going to be fires burning and issues that need to be put out. But if you are in that firefighter mode, you're going to run around circles forever and the business can only grow as much as the effort you can put in. And that's exhausting and it'll stop growth at a certain point. But if you start pinpointing the one impactful thing within this hierarchy of the five, when you nail that, your business takes a massive step forward, that division moves forward in a big way. Then we go through this evaluation again, say, what's the next step? And now we start moving forward very deliberately, very effectively. Wow. So now I want to ask you these questions, which is like, okay, I understand that I'm like in my laboratory stable world. I've now checked off one. I have the purpose. Now I've checked out all of my sales and profit and order, and I'm moving it up. So I'm beginning more efficient. I've gotten the impact. I've gotten more clear. I'm moving towards legacy. Obviously, everything will be smooth. There will never be any bumps in the road. And once <laughs> I've leveled up to the next one, yeah. I don't need to worry about the bottom. So where I want to take this really is once I've understood the blueprint, I'm on this path. Obviously, there's things that can happen in the world that kind of shift. So I could lose a major account, et cetera. So is it normal to travel up and down? And is that a bad thing? Yes, it's not a bad thing. And yes, it's normal to travel up and down. You cycle through. I mean, right now as we're recording this, there's a major event going on globally with the coronavirus, right? This is causing a fundamental shift in businesses. Some businesses are saying, ah, it's business as usual. I'm just gonna push hard. And that may be a mistake. We simply need to take pause and look, how is this affecting our business? Is there challenges? Is there indicators we have a problem? This may be a sales problem. If, you know, if you have a business that depends on people meeting face-to-face, that's an issue. So we may have to revert back to repackaging our offering, which is down at the sales level. Conversely, some businesses may say, you know what, this is an opportunity. We're already an online entity or whatever. This is an opportunity to ramp up. So they're actually at the order level now trying to amplify efficiency. So you will never stay at one spot. And it is not like a ladder. You don't climb and you're at the top and start waving. You will bounce around. The foundational levels always need to be strong enough to build the level above it and support it. The foundations can't be so big. Like you can't have sales that are so massive and put a little tool shed of profit above it because that will collapse in it. It has to work relationally. So you build the business hierarchy of needs and then you'll cycle back down to build a stronger foundation to build the entire hierarchy. And it builds out bigger and bigger and bigger. Wow. This seems like just a clear path to really get a business going, to really get prioritization on what do I need to fix? And so I guess one of the closing questions I wanted to ask is, at what point do I know that I need to move up or down? Do I have like, okay, I, I've done sales enough now, 
or I've done profit enough, I need to move to efficiency? Do I have a KPI? Yes, great question. So within each of these levels in the book, I've identified these five core needs. Once you can satisfy the core needs and basically say, do we have an adequate satisfaction of these core needs to support the level above it and you check it off, then you're leveling up. So once you achieve a threshold of sales, I don't know what the number is because all businesses are different, but you will achieve a threshold of new sales that you check it off and say, you want, there's enough to extract a healthy profit out of that. Now you're working on profit. Then once you satisfy those needs, you check it off and say, now we can bring about more efficiency to this. And now you say, we're so efficient, maybe we need to amplify more sales because we have enough efficiency up there and you expand sales again and you start working your way up again. This brings me to one more thing I'm so curious about, which is, you know, it sounds like there could be actually a up and down movement based on the number of people that are on the team. Because I know the more people you have, the more complexity comes. So are you saying that probably at the current level of people you have is probably a cycle you can move up. And then at that point is when you start bringing more people, which could change the cost structure, the profit necessary, all that. Yep. Every decision you make in your organization will ripple out. So your current people, you may be able to be serving at the impact and legacy level and just sitting up there. But then you may make the decision saying, for us to have a greater impact, we need to impact more people. We need more sales. I need to bring in more people. Sales expand. Now I need to bring about more efficiency because we have a new dynamic of people. So you're absolutely right. It will cycle us around as we make these different decisions. Mike, this has been a mind-blowing conversation. I absolutely love all the concepts you speak about. And I think for everybody listening, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you know how these apply because you can be a solo entrepreneur and move all the way to be building a legacy. But oftentimes you get bored and now you want to actually make a bigger impact, which if you're doing the steps correctly, you will start building a team and now dealing with a whole new set of things to consider while you're running the business. Mike, I just wanted to also give a perspective here for the people that aren't entrepreneur, which is really if they're running that division, I see so much applicability here based on the output and the responsibilities that they have, which is if I'm running a division where I have a certain output, let's say it's customer service and I have a set of team, a call center, then I've obviously, as I work through this, we start understanding what's the true difference we're making in people's lives. You're becoming more efficient with the team you have. And then you might actually see how you could translate into other business, such as product improvement. You could even expand the role of your division. And this sounds so exciting. Yeah, you're right. You know, we're all entrepreneurs at the end of the day. And I studied as we developed this. It took me five years to develop the entire system. We were testing it out with the biggest companies and big public companies. We went in and we tested it and it works. It works in divisions. It works in departments. It works for companies as big as GE and as small as a solopreneur. Because the DNA, the makeup of business is all identical. It's just our size is what differentiates and ourselves. And we have to cycle through this, but it works for every size organization and every role. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the show here. And for everybody listening, we've covered so much amazing insights. These five levels of the company being your sales, you want to make sure you got your sales in check. So you actually have a feeder that's coming up. Second, you have the profit level. Then you have your order level. Then you have your impact level. And finally, you go up to legacy. When you look at it from this lens, you can see where you are currently in your situation and see what are the parameters that you need to fix to move up to the next one. Don't try to build a legacy if you're still trying to make profit. So fix with that first. And now you can see which ideas that you can implement and prioritize with an endless to-do, which I know can be possible. But yet, if you know that you're having a profit issue, you can focus on the things that will make an impact to that. Because once you have profit, now you have a bit more room to look at the order. And once you have order, you can look more at the impact and you can see how this continuously feeds. And I love the idea that once you actually have more people on the team, you can always cycle back because you're going to have new relationships with everyone. And I love how you can actually look at how you 
your bottom layer is really when you have chaos. Like if you are feeling trapped, you're feeling overwhelmed, overworked, usually it'll have to look at the bottom layer. So you want to look at the customers that you have. Are you attracting the right ones? Are you converting them? Are you dealing with the ones that actually bring you those revenues that are easy to deal with? Is this really what you want to be doing? And then it'll actually allow you to step up and look up at profit instead. These are really applicable things that you can work on. And I'd love to get more comments on this episode. And I'd love to hear reviews because as you can tell, I am fired up. I love this idea. Mike, these are incredible. If you haven't picked up a copy of Fix This Next, I know I will. I would highly recommend it for you as well. I think these ideas are critical because the business is a representation and a reflection of us as individuals. We have our needs such as Maslow. We have our needs such as the chakras. This is a scale that you can look at from a business and you can start working towards everything. And finally, if you are in that place of chaos, remember the panacea to the fear, the ego is to actually put in stone, set a purpose or a vision, whatever language you use, so that you can align not only yourself, but everyone within your team to do the same. So now there's always going to be an upward pull that'll get you towards the higher levels, towards legacy, which is really the impact we want to leave on the planet. This has been amazing. Mike, thanks again for everything you've shared and everybody listening. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.